0: Hello, Universe! Here it is. It is 11.43 on the 14th of December. Which, again, this is confusing. I was confused about it last year, I'm confused about it now. But I believe this is the first day of Christmas? Or the 12th day of Christmas? But, if the 14th is the first day of Christmas, then the 15th is the second, 16th, the third... Uh, all the way out to the 24th is the 11th, and then the 25th is the 12th, day of Christmas. Which is where the song ends. So I assume that means it's Christmas. Which makes today the first day of Christmas? Officially? The 14th? Is that right? Is this like some day when the Yule Tide log gets laid on the table? so we can eat it, or something. I don't know. But, not really celebrating Christmas this year. Um, I thought I would at least try to pay homage to those who are going to celebrate Christmas by recognizing whatever day of Christmas we're on here. So, I'm assuming it's the 1st, could be the 12th, I wouldn't argue with you. But I know it's not the 3rd, or the 5th. Because there's no golden rings or calling birds. But there are partridges in a pear tree. Or would that be 12 drummers drumming? Or was that Lords a Leaping? Shit, I don't remember anymore. Okay, I know it's not Maids of milking. Pause. Unpause. Uh, pause. Okay, so 12 drummers drumming? That seems right. It seems like it's 12 drummers drumming and 11, or I mean 10 Lords Leaping. But 11, 11 ladies dancing? I don't think so. I think that's nine. Nine ladies dancing? Lords of Leaping, ladies dancing, maids of milking for sure. That's 10, 9, 8. Seven is, geese, no, swans of swimming. Six is laying, Five is golden rings. Four is calling birds. Three is French hen. Two is turtle dove and a partridge in a pear tree. So what the fuck is 11? 12 drummers drumming. 11. Lords of Leapin? 11. Fuck. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. There's a song I just don't know. I almost know it, but I don't know it. But I would bet that it's 10 Lords of Leapin, 9 Ladies Dancing, 8 Maids of milking, 7 Swans of Swimming, 6 Geese of laying, 5 Golden Rings, four calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge and a pear tree. And I think it's 12 drummers drumming, but it could be 11 drummers drumming, and then it's 12... 12... Piper's Piping. Is that it? 12 drummers drumming, 11 Piper's, pi- pipers Piping? Fuck, I don't know. That might be it. Anyway, <clears throat> on to bigger and better things. Firing up the local cranium. All right... Uh, I, I got lost today in the delusion that this is all my one-man show, this is all for me, it's Total Recall, and I'm Arnold Schwarzenegger wearing the helmet. And the entire reality that I'm participating in is being constructed just simply for my Enhancement, growth, self-improvement, self-inspection, challenge, obstacle overcome, etc., etc. And I have a really hard time talking myself out of this one. Because it seems so much more sensible that the thing would just be one giant hologram of the most meat suit variety blood, guts death, famine, war pestilence horses cows, elephants dinosaurs possibly I mean there's just a lot going on for it to be a simulation but Other solutions. (sighs) Fantastic though they are. Well, they leave me curious if I'm not an NPC, which I go in and out of phases of, or if I'm just one of a few surrounded by a bunch of nincompoops who are trying to trigger us into being, what, revolutionaries? Better people? Um... Those with the uh, foresight to make a better world, maybe, maybe. But if I'm not the only one playing the game, if there's in fact other players simultaneously in my walled-off garden, well, I don't, I don't know how how much emotional and energetic overlap I'm receiving. Maybe I'm not finding the right people, but. I would think that at some point I would have met and perhaps Nicole was that person but I would have met a soulmate to whom my energetic fingerprint was damn close to identical. And I keep seeking that person. And if it was you, Nicole, well, I fucked up. I'll just say that. So... Uh... Yeah, nobody vibrates to my hum. And when I do have harmonic convergence in energetic overlap, it happens. Rarely happens. It happened recently. But when it happens, it's always huh, so hypnotic. I can't help but get overwhelmed by the situation. It's as if, finally... The echo that you're trying to hear back is finally heard. Something like that. Okay, I'm a little tired. I probably need a bong hit. Let's, uh, let's correct both. Umbos. All right. So that would be selection number five. Oh, no, that's the 94. Yummy, yummy. Well, we might be in for some real chatter, cheater, chatter, chatter, cheater. The 94 takes hold. Here's that Simo Dream. Hmm. I'm not sure which one I hit. Doesn't matter. We'll hit them both again. Um, okay. So, (coughs) long-term friendships have never been my thing. And the reason is simple. I wear people out. Or, more accurately, people don't have the same, uh, zest for life. That I do. And so... um, I'm always looking to go on the next adventure. And people want to slow down and have... What? Wind down time? I don't even know what. Like, people just seem to need to chill out. Like, beach vacations and shit like that? I can't imagine a more... Hmm unfulfilling trip to some part of the world than to lie on a beach and watch the water move. Now, going snorkeling, going deep-sea fishing, doing a whole bunch of stuff that the ocean provides as an opportunity to do things uniquely in that environment? Sure, of course. I just don't want to sit on the fucking beach and get a tan. That, to me, is the definition of the worst vacation I can imagine. So... There's never any time when I'm going to choose downtime over adventure. I don't care what I've just come off of. I'm ready for another adventure of a more intense vibrational kind. I've never been out-energied by the world's offerings of what I can do next. So, given that I feel like I have an unlimited sense of, hmm, curiosity about the next thing, well, my energy always rises to meet it, and with that sort of attitude about the world, never do I want to slow down. So, friends eventually get tired of that. And this is everything from romantic relationships to good friends to just people you hang out with. And while I know my intensity is usually higher than anyone in my proximity, occasionally I meet another person with whom I can elevate and amplify simultaneously the energy level between us, and we can just off to the races. And that is what Nicole was. Nicole and I were destined for greatness or flaming out. Sid and Nancy, we were. Whether or not we were going to become the... hmm, the next statement of artistic integrity... Or just two drug addicts looking for a fix. Hard to know, hard to know, hard to know. But either way, the ride would have been phenomenal. So, long-term friendships, no. But if Nicole were to walk into my life right now, I'd instantly be connected to her just like I always have been. Same thing if Patrick were to walk into my life, Rick were to walk into my life. Hmm. Hmm. Rebecca Walter would have walked into my life. Even Becky Blaze. Carrie Yoakam, for sure. These were all good friends. Oh, uh, I can't forget about... uh, uh, Jennifer Wickey. Or Gene Noyes. Fuck. Yeah. Gene. Actually, Gene's changed quite a bit. Gene would be one person with whom... There may be enough disconnect now that we wouldn't connect. Hard to say. But I hope all the changes for Gene have been for the better. But whatever I'm talking about is shit nobody else in the universe even cares about. Not even the people I'm talking about. Is it better to be in a padded illusion or a harsh reality? Essentially the question posed to... That Sopranos dude in The Matrix. Um, Is it better? No. I mean, here's the thing, though. At some point, it is. It is better for me to allow my mom to remain in a padded sense of her reality than to challenge it into a space where she can confront and see a true reality that... Right now, her myopia and limited outreach is buffering her. And, okay, she's not a Fox News head, but she's worse. She's a MSNBC The View head. And, oh, okay, live in that bubble. But that's it. I would never, ever tolerate a circumstance in which I was living in a bubble, or somebody I really cared about because of their potential to do good things with their life, were living in a bubble. My mom's potential to do good things with her life are down to having uh, family interactions and the security of no threats and danger in her home. She's a simple person with simple needs who likes to read a lot of books so give her an environment in which she can do that and occasionally get artistic with the paints, and she's good. And she can flip on the view every day. And good for her. Let that be a cocoon of safety in which she ultimately feels no threat or despair. And I will believe that she had a successful final transition of life but my dad I don't know sometimes I want to just shake him up a little he's got more he's got more in his head he's got more working he's got he's got more doubt too plus I think he's got more respect for me because unlike my mom he notices the changes that I'm that I'm actually undergoing He sees those things. My mom just assumes I'm still the same person I was 15 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. It doesn't matter. She will never believe anything other than that's who I am. So to try to get her to see different versions of me is next to impossible. But my dad, being an observant motherfucker, well, he's noticed all along. And in fact, I think is surreptitiously downloading my podcast. Hi, Dad, if you are. Um, but that said, I'm not here to be noticed, but I am here to help other people notice what maybe they're limiting themselves through a level of lens that they're wearing that they need not. There's no reason for my mom to have to live in a world of Whoopi Goldberg and, whatever that other woman's name is, I just, you know, I'll take my biases out of here and remember that one of the things that also makes me feel like I can't be a non-player character is how much I'm appreciating and resonating with a simpler pace. I'm not chasing a constant turbulent environment in which to experience the intensity and, and drama of Extreme pull, width, depth, whatever. Living in the extremes is a lot of work. And a lot of the ups are just phenomenal, but the downs are equally demoralizing. So, maintaining tranquility, staying inside oneself, being at ease at all times, on balance, ready to... React and act, because nothing really can knock you a kilter. Well, that pace, downshifting if you will from fifth gear to third, is driving in a mode where you're at ease. It's relaxing. You still get places almost as fast, but you have a lot more time to understand the process of what you're going through rather than constantly racing and missing some of the scenery that's crucial as you... Wait, what was that? Right on by. So, as I think through what 2023 really did to me, it gave me a lot of... a lot more tools to look inside myself. To know myself and my motivations, my reactions, my emotions... It gave me confidence that whatever disruptions may emerge, I am more than equipped to get through them. In fact, I expect to use all disruptions as opportunities to grow. I see them as nothing but challenges in which overcoming and discovering the strength in which I overcome those disruptions is the whole point. So... Disruptive moments I almost look forward to. But being at ease is a hell of a lot less work. Alright. One thing I do often is describe myself in what I consider my full 360 degrees of mm, presentation. And having done so in an episode called Especially with Mushrooms... Well, here's my attempt at 360 degrees of John. I'm profane, unkept, willing, respectful, curious, full of uncertainty, denounceable for sure, agreeable at times to a fault, understood and misunderstood by myself of this incarnation at times and previous ones. I'm splicing together and uh oh i'm splicing together a lot more of who i really am and in so doing am gaining all sorts of cross timeline wisdom that i haven't earned but i'm tapping into somehow in my dream states and it's settling me down enormously life has been so much easier and without the chopping seas, I'm still fascinated by everything day-to-day I'm going through and how it is that I, as this character John, play the role of me being fulfilled by life as it is here in 8675309 Earth. So Yeah, that's pretty much it. Um so How do I deliver these, hmm, this mix of character sheet dilemmas? Well, swearing is number one. I am a swear monster. I swear in places where I shouldn't. I do not always swear where I could, so I'm not always gratuitous with swearing, but when I am gratuitous, you can hear motherfucker, fucking motherfucker, motherfucker come out of my mouth, and for no reason, just being colorful, I don't use swearing in any way other than that as an explicit content recording of note, meaning I have denoted every single recording explicit content, because I'm not going to stop swearing. I will use all the words that we have decided to come up with for English language speaking, because The idea that we came up with some words and then said, but we can't use those words, is the dumbest thing I can think of. So, while I'd like to sometimes just do an entire episode where all I do is use swear words or words that can't be said on Sesame Street, well, that would be gratuitous. But goddamn, if I'm not fucking tempted to get all this bullshit language pedigree of nonsense about what we can and can't say, even though I do have words I won't say. So hypocrite? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. A little bit of hypocrite. You won't hear me say the N-word. But for reasons that historically have earned the stripe. You won't hear me say the C-word because I still have a little respect for women. And you won't hear me say the... Well, that's pretty much it. Any other word I might say. But saying any other racially division or divisive uh, term, it's just not necessary. So you won't hear me say those things, except perhaps in jest. Well, even then, that's not funny. So those terms, I respect enough to sidestep them in language generally. As a white male, you never know what you're going to hear in the fucking Home Depot bathroom when another white dude saddles up next to you in the goddamn urinal and starts telling you a joke. But you can usually tell those people to fuck the hell off when they give you the offensive shit and that their mind is too small or anything publicly denounced like that last comment to me in the men's room. I never asked for your racism, sir, so why you served it up to me, I just don't know. But now I'm washing my hands and going out and shopping, and if I see you again, and you tell me anything else racist, well, I'm going to run away from you. All right, so expect me to swear uh, and not be racist, but run away from a racist if I happen to be engaged with one. Um, But I doubt that's going to happen because everything that's really going on here is just a diatribe about me. What I go through, this spiritual epiphany I seem to have had to undergo for reasons that only the universe will tell me later. But this is all about me, and it's one long diatribe. Why you're still listening now is beyond me. This can't be of value to you. But carry on, do what you got to do. I hope you're doing something productive like cleaning the lid of your kitchen trash can where you've got all the guacamole and sour cream and rotting, what, is that cottage cheese? Do you even know? I mean, could that be French onion dip? Maybe, but whatever it is, it shouldn't be on the lid of your trash can. That's gross. So go clean that off while you're listening to me. Then at least this is productive. So, don't expect to pull out the language card. Language, says Captain America. Oh, well, no, no, you still aren't invited. You weren't invited last year, and you're not invited this year, buddy. We don't want to see you at the party. You're too straight-laced. But you can send some of that rum. Okay, does Captain America drink rum? No, if Captain America drinks alcohol, what would it be? Ethanol? That he stills back at the old shed? No, he'd be a... What would Captain America drink? Gin and tonic, I guess. I mean, he'd be a Tangerine tonic guy, right? Probably. Okay. Um, This is not topical material for children. Yeah, you got that right. If you are letting children listen to me speak, you're just warping the mind of the innocent and the undeserving. So, I blame you. This is not child material. Now, if you're a kid and you're sneaking around listening to podcasts that say explicit content everywhere, well, fuck you, you little shit. What the fuck are you thinking? Go listen to something educational. Go listen to something mind expansive. Go listen to something optimistic. Go listen to something about sex or anything but this. This is cynicism of the earned Lonely, male, alone, uh, uh, myopic, wandering philosopher of ill intent. Kinda. I mean, you just don't want to listen to this. This isn't your stuff. This is like reading uh, Tropic of Cancer when you're 13. Yeah, there's some parts in there that are fucking worth listening to, but There's a lot of shit in there you just don't understand. That's what this is. I'll see you in 10 years. But from now until then, go be optimistic. Go learn a fucking instrument. Go read some books. Okay? Now get off this podcast. So this isn't for kids. And whoever you are, as slowly as I speak, you've got to speed up the audio playback. 1.5 minimum. But just start working your way up from there. You'll be shocked how 2.05, 2.25, 2.5 even just starts to sound normal. Because I talk slow. So speed me up. You do that on any playback machine now. Even a browser has speeding up. So find the button that says 1.0x. And then push it and see what options you get. And then push something like 1.75. And then go, oh, yeah, that's way better. Um, Okay. (sighs) How to know when you're high. Well, I know I'm not high right now, so let's just take care of that first. Pause. Okay, now to the sumo Dream we go. And... This says sativa hybrid and it's a nice golden color, so if this turns out to be phenomenal, then having two of these won't be the worst thing that's ever happened to me. And then I'll feel bad about snatching my D out of that woman's hand and yada yada. But the truth is, these rarely turn out to be phenomenal because it's Blue Dream mixed with I don't even know what sumo is. I'm gonna i I'm gonna assume it's some Uh does it tell me? Does it tell me? Does it tell me? No. Too bad. But <clears throat> whatever this is, it does have Blue Dream in it, so it's got that going for it. And we're at 2828, so pause. Okay. Oh, pause. Okay, unpause. Um, I will say the conductor in Fantasia has a bit of that um, guy from Alias look to him. You know, the dude who, like, they switched actors on us? Like, they. And Bewitched with Darren. anyway, that guy but <clears throat> maybe they went and got the actor that was in Fantasia, I don't know kind of looks like him um, <clears throat> okay so yeah, expect wiring um, not for children and you know you're high if you're willing to try to speak at 4.2 times your own speaking speed, because then you 4.20 yourself okay, yeah I would say that's probably true that you're high if you're willing to do that. But I wouldn't say that that's a good roadside test to see if people are high, like get them to speak 4.2 speed. No, no. It just seems like something if you're sitting around doing that, you're probably high. Um, Okay. Last year at this time, I was on what I called the, yeah, this will get me through the night diet. In other words, I would just go into the kitchen, I would find enough food to make that would get me through the night. If not, give me a little leftovers for either breakfast or lunch the next day, because I'm lazy, so if I can get two meals out of one effort, then of course I'm going to do it. But what you end up with is, you see a pepper, you see an onion, you see a tortilla, you see some cheese, and then you have rice, so you make yourself a peppers, onions, rice and cheese burrito. Yeah, I know. That's what you end up with. And you make enough rice, and then you have a little bit of peppers and onions left over that the next morning just throw an egg in there, and now you've got, what, a little salsa on top? Rancho, uh, or uh, huevos rancheros? You know, like, I just, I almost eat utilitarianism because anything else is too much to think about, too much work, and too much disappointment if you fuck it up. Like, you can't fuck up rice, grilled vegetables, and a tortilla with cheese. It's impossible. So, to me, I would just rather consistently make myself something that'll get me through the night to the next day. And then, once in a while, maybe make eggplant parmesan. But only once in a while. And even then, oh, if I fuck that up, it'll be a long time before I'm making anything besides a fucking rice burrito. Pause. Okay. I haven't spoken to the oppressors very much. And by oppressors, I mostly mean, hello, CIA, NSA, Mossad, uh, MI6. um, What do they call you in Canada? Hey, Canada. Hey, Canada. No, blame Canada. Oh, no, that's South Park. Anyway, Mounties, whatever. So those of you who are put in a position to quote-unquote, police the world. Or, shall I say, you're plugged in to the real current of transaction that runs the world. You have an inner look at the, what, the internal mechanics of civilization as it's organized now. Meaning you really know how shit goes down. You know what real power looks like. You know what real wealth looks like. You know what transactions of the most nefarious kind. You know how they originate. You know how they transpire. You know how they uh, they extend and maintain their relative dominance of current civilization. You just have the you have the you have the darkest sense of reality that can be experienced <clears throat> i mean i feel for you so much because you just you you've seen a world that has given you a framework that you know is right because it keeps being reinforced that the world is a fucking pile of shit and then when people are given an opportunity to act in their own self-interest Regardless of what else you may think, they will do so every time. Fuck everything else that's involved. But you're wrong. And yeah, I know that's bullshit for me to tell you when that's exactly the experience you've had your entire career. Everything that your outlook has ever said could be hopeful has been doused with that sense of stark fucking reality. How dare I tell you that you don't fucking know what I what you're talking about and I'm just saying that that's this reality what do you dream about you oppressors who are forced into a position of authoritarian reaction to circumstances of unrest and dissociative potential those who must react to those uprisings before they can even get in motion what do you dream about what are your, what are your best dreams are they always family oriented or do do you dream of other places do you go other places do you astral travel Do you find yourself in bodies that you don't recognize? Do you find yourself in times you don't realize? Do you find yourself in simple situations? In comfort by just how simple everything is? Seriously, I really wonder. Like, or is everything just one adventure after another, after another, after another? Is everything just go, 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 even in your dreams? I hope not. I mean, I hope not. I hope there's some release because this reality has 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 taught you lessons that you're going to have to unlearn because they're wrong and you've earned those lessons and you'll never you'll never totally unlearn them that's not fair but you'll have to come back from those experiences by <laughs> by unwinding yourself through something really simple. Hell, your your potential to take a 100,000-year cycle as granite is huge. In fact, you should be looking at that. But <clears throat> without that kind of patience to look at time at a scale that is... <laughs> Is patience incarnate. Well, there's a hundred other ways to come back that are simplicity realized. Complexity has taken the world into a place that it doesn't really exist. It's just fallen into this pattern waiting to go into another phase of action. So, as you watch it annihilate itself and think, <laughs> I'm just glad that when it's over, I'll have some level of satisfaction that I was here heading off the worst of it, which is all true. So what you could have been versus what you're going to get out of this is the gap that makes me weep for you. Because where you ended up, you ended up by happenstance. And you'll see all that. You'll see how how little bit of turn was involved in making your whole worldview go one direction, and one direction specifically. Never to come back. Much like soldiers drafted into wartime hell. But... For that, <clears throat> I still believe in you. Because regardless of where you are now, the person who came to be here isn't fulfilled by what's happening for you now. It's happening in your dreams, and if you dream of making things right, well, then, buddy, you and I dream of the same thing. Even if you're in the CIA, think about that. You want to go try to astral travel and find each other tonight? What's your name? If you're in the CIA, I'll bet your name's something like, um, Brett. <laughs> yeah, totally. I am Brett Cooper, CIA agent. No, not Cooper. You're Brett, Brett Tanner. No, Brett Thompson. Yes, Brett Thompson. Pause. Pause. Okay, unpause. Uh, non-ending thirst to understand the universe. Do we all have that? I mean, sometimes I feel like that's just me. And a couple other people I know, but man, there is nothing that I don't think. Well, I don't understand that, so let's go figure some shit out. I want to do that until I know everything. And then there are people who think that's fucking insane. But I think those people are lazy. Okay, you can only astral travel completely uncloaked. There's no BS in the galactic vagabonding. Um, oh, I said wandering, not vagabonding. Yeah, yeah. And I do believe that this is why I've really been firing off some just wicked dream interactions in that and not wicked meaning I mean like wicked like Boston wicked. In that there's just there's been there's been no hesitation on my part to go anywhere. I am me. Confidently. In my dreamland, in my reality here, in this 3D meat suit, wherever I am, I love being me. So if there's an opportunity for somebody to connect with me, I'm in. You don't have to ask. I'm in. I'm fully exposed, let's do this. I'm coming to wherever it is that you're signaling me to go. So I think that's one of the reasons I've been going just bonkers in my dreamland. Because I'm now completely open to connecting to whomever is out there. And you can't astral travel unless you're exposed and uncloaked completely as yourself. I don't know that you have to love yourself to the extent that I do. But maybe that's important too. So, that's something that I was just starting to experience really in full last year at this time, and now I'm like, "Fuck yeah," that's exactly what it is. And it's it's cemented itself over the course of this year. The one thing I'll say about twenty twenty three, yeah, it's been the worst year of my life. In eight six seven five three zero nine Earth, Mitsu Land, but in my dreamland, no, no, there's been there's been quite a bit of. Of progress. So... Um, okay, now. In your dreamland there is no muck. You're completely pristine. Always. And if you're not, you just make yourself that. But in this reality you're always dealing with muck. And this has been thematic for me as my cat has passed. I can finally clean surface areas thinking They'll stay clean. I don't have to worry about coming back and finding a big pile of blood here. Now, I know that's gross, sorry, but that's what I've been putting up with. And that's the reality of what having this animal of, you know, wounded status constantly healing and then unhealing has been for four years. So as much as I have hoped for that animal to completely find her way back to health, watching her deteriorate at the end, and now having the opportunity to treat my environment in a way that I haven't been able to for years, in other words, clean it and keep it clean, well, I miss my cat, but I had no idea how much I missed having a clean, and pristine environment. So as I go through the house and firebomb the hell out of everything that needs to be cleaned, it does feel good. All right. um, So that's what the muck on this reality has been cloaking my feelings of Huh. my animal's suffering. Somewhere in there, as everything has moved to the next phase, well, a clean house is partly what I'm getting, and I appreciate it. Okay, so, how do you get through the metaphorical muck? The muck in your mind, not the muck that's in your fucking house. Um, well, that you have to do through finding your true self, and loving that self. Because once you're there, there's no more muck in your mind. Everything that comes into your mind is just something on which you are managing the variables so that you know what to react to and what to let go of. There's no more muck. Because if there's muck coming in, you just disregard it. It doesn't have a place. And if there's something that comes in that is filthy and needs to be cleaned up, well... You apply your sensitivity, kindness, understanding, forgiveness, whatever it is, to make sure that that energy can be purged. And then you move on. You're done. Holding on to anything in this reality is pointless. Otherwise, why are are you here for linear time? Go live in some circular time universe if you want to keep cycling back on shit you've already done. But once you've done something, move on. Um, and that is especially true of getting through any guilt that you've got. Drop it now. If you feel guilty about something, you've already felt enough guilt to drop it immediately. So get rid of it. Um, how do you express true love for yourself at all times? By never having to second guess what you've done. By looking through your day and thinking... There may be an opportunity where your emotions or something else got you into a position where you chose something that you had You've been more, um, less reactive, uh, more composed, something of that nature, you make a different option, you understand that your emotions got you into a position where you made a decision that you wish you had been more composed so that you would have made something else happen, but then the next time you just try to be more composed and make that decision. There's no guilt. There's no shame. There's nothing here. That's what happened. And you never regret not having been able to do something different because you didn't. You did what you did. Just next time, do better. That's all there is. Keep doing better. Forgive yourself when you do weak. And that's how you express love for yourself at all times. Okay. How are we going to get the mega liars to come clean? This is a question I posed a year ago that I still have no answer for. Except the answer I've always had, which is 100% forgiveness. Whatever the fuck you've been up to that you've sort of gotten away with that now you know you're threatening being exposed or whatever other contemptible action you are accountable toward. Well, I say I forgive you, 100%. In fact, not only do I forgive you, but I absolve you of any feeling that you have done wrong. You followed intuition society provided for you, maybe to your detriment, maybe to society's detriment. But whatever you did, I probably could have done the same thing in different circumstances. And those different circumstances could have similarly just been exactly what you went through. Maybe I react exactly the same way you did. But whatever you're going through and have done, I say we forgive it all. Otherwise, how do we get out of the mess that is all the chicanery and lying that's going on at the deepest levels? If we're not going to absolve everything, who gets a slap on the wrist and who gets the guillotine? These are decisions I don't want to make. So I say... How do we get the mega liars to come clean? Forgive it all. Now, <clears throat> I know I'm alone on that little branch of the crazy tree, but should I be? What's your solution? Okay, I have not sponsored uh, an episode by my favorite product, ninety-one percent isopropyl alcohol, very recently. So. I'm going to use this opportunity to uh, say that is a product that if you don't use, you are not leveraging your human meat suit to its fullest advantage. Alright, timeline continuum fluster cups. Hopping around timelines in your dreams, concurrent, going into the past, going into the future. Okay, again, number one thing, if you want to start dreaming in expansive and um, lucid but <laughs> but meaningful and and recurrent thematic uh, chapters you have to expose yourself entirely. There can be no hidden agenda. you can't be going out there to try to figure out why you can't get laid. The universe knows why you can't get laid. If you want to understand that, then you need to start meditating on your issues with your own self-esteem, confidence, whatever the fuck you got going on that's wrong. But those sorts of things are not how you are exposed to the universe. You're exposed to the universe by saying, I am willing to journey anywhere with anyone to experience anything Because I'm so excited to be alive, I just want to experience what else there is to see. That's the energy that the universe picks up on. And that's the energy that, frankly, other entities can read and pull you into their realities. As long as you're coming in with nothing but curiosity and wonder, there are (laughs) unlimited circumstances that want to share what they've got to show. So how open are you to being shown a universe filled with possibility all of which may look foreign and un and alien in ways that even you won't be able to process but you'll feel it right and you'll know you're safe you'll know you're traveling in ways that provide not just amazement but wisdom learning Progress, morality, conscience-building efforts. It's all available, as long as you're open to the experiences and believe in yourself enough to think you deserve them. So that's how you start. And once you start seeing more and more of these kinds of things, thank the universe for the opportunity to be shown what you're shown. If you can remember to do it in your lucid dreams, that's the best place to do it. But don't hesitate to do it in the middle of the day when you remember something that was truly moving in your dream. Thank the universe for giving you the opportunity to see that, meaning maybe you'll see more. Um, I don't have loneliness in a life living alone. Just as true as it was a year ago. A year ago, I was really stalwart about wanting to be alone, needing to be alone, knowing i was supposed to be alone. I think I was trying to head off the initial head-turning of my arch-nemesis, the uh, guardian angel. But I'm not really sure, because I only listened to one episode, so I don't really know where that went. And I'm not here to reminisce about where it goes, because I know where it ends up. And where it goes from here, doesn't matter. Because being alone, I think, is the arc I've always been on. And even my love for isopropyl alcohol, 91%, would that be companionship? Oh, I should stock up on that shit. Like, of all the things I'm going to want if the fucking zombie apocalypse happens, it's going to be isopropyl alcohol. But my apocalypse dreams really haven't happened in forever. So much so that I don't want to talk about them anymore. In fact, that's the last time I'm talking about them unless they happen again. Because I truly believe you can invite that type of energy into your head, and I don't want to see it ever again. So I am happy to announce that even last year at this time, when I noticed my apocalypse dreams had been gone for a while, while well, they were gone all year, That's a good sign. I've been in that weird environment, that sun, that hazy, red blood sky. Nope, haven't seen that in a while. So, if we're going to end on a good note, well, is there a better note than 91% isopropyl alcohol? No, there isn't.